thank you once again to you and Pastor Jessica and to all the ICC family in New Jersey for <clears throat> allowing me to come and share, you know, the word of God with you. It's, an, it's truly an honor and privilege and um, uh, I'm, I'm glad to be here and, and, and um, share the word of God with you. So let's get right into it. I don't want to take much, I don't want to waste any time today so I can get all the information I have out to you in Jesus' name. Let's just have a brief time of prayer and then let's go right into it. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you. We bless you. We honor you. We thank you, Father God, for this faith convention. We thank you, Father God, that it has been appointed by you from the foundations of the earth. And Father, we thank you that we are able to partake of it and receive all that you have for us. I pray that our faith has been refreshed, renewed in the name of Jesus, and that you will minister to each and every single one of us in a unique and dynamic way, Father God, that we may hear your voice and know what you are saying to us in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray that, Father God, that we will have a heart to receive, that you will give us, above all, understanding of your word, and Father, we make a covenant with you right now to give you alone all of the praise and glory and the honor in advance in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. You are such a wonderful audience. And so we're going to continue from where we left off yesterday. Yesterday, we were looking at um, aspects and principles of faith, how to turn our faith loose or how to walk in faith, how to really exercise our faith. And we spend time in Mark chapter 11, verse 24, talking about um, believing and speaking the word of God and not allowing doubt into, doubt into our hearts. And then we spent some time also looking at Abraham in Romans chapter 4, verse 17 onwards. And so this afternoon, I just want to spend some time looking at some uh, another aspect of faith, and that is hindrances or what one may call enemies of faith. What are some of the things that can hinder our faith that we should be mindful of so that it doesn't contaminate or it doesn't um, stop us from being able to believe God for whatever things that we want or even stop us from walking in the walking in faith or living the life of faith that God has called us to. Um, we've, we've already mentioned some uh, a few things yesterday as we were looking at um, our lesson yesterday. And uh, we might just go over some of them again, just to, re to remind ourselves. And so the first hindrance or enemy of faith that I want to talk about is, again, look, is, is, um, is um, <clears throat> uh, uh, not focusing or focusing on natural circumstances. We, 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 look, we saw this in, in Romans chapter 4, verse 19, with regards to Abraham. And we said that Abraham went from a place of weak faith to strong faith. And in order for him to do that, he stopped looking at his, his considering his, his own natural body himself. And so one of the things that can hinder us in our faith walk is when we start um, um, putting too much emphasis on focus on, 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 on natural or on the physical appearance of things, or we start focusing on, you know, what is on the outside, okay? And we can't do that because in order to walk by faith, you can't go by what you see. The Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. You have to discount things that are in the natural, things that you can see, things that you can touch. You know, you have to discount your natural five senses. 
And so I'm just want to read again Romans chapter 4, verse 19, talking about Abraham. It says, and being and 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 not being weak in faith, he did he did not consider his own body. Okay. He stopped considering or looking at his. God and your complete trust in his word. Amen. Um, we have to understand that natural circumstances and situations, they are always, when it comes to God, um, they are always temporal. They are not permanent. All right. Uh, when you walk, when you're walking by faith and believing God, natural situations and natural circumstances, they are temporal. They're not permanent. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18, let's go there quickly. I like this verse. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse 18. I'm using my smaller Bible today, Pastor Stephen. <laughs> Second Corinthians chapter four, verse 18. It says, why we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen, they are temporal, but the things which are not seen, they are eternal. Amen. And so when we are, as we walk by faith and live a life of faith, we cannot walk by or go only by what we see. Um, the word temporal here means subject to change. So we have, to, we have to see every situation and circumstance that we're dealing with as, as changeable, that it is subject to change, okay? that it must conform to the word of God. It must bow down to the word of God. And so we have to stop looking at things on the outside. You have to stop looking at your own body, your own, your, your own abilities, your own talents, your own, stop looking at your finances. If God has called you to do something, don't just go back, go, um, go, um, don't just think about your finances, how much you have in the, in, in, before you were able to do the thing that God has called you to do. So we must disregard things that are in the natural and see things from the, from the perspective of God. Okay. See yourself and your situations with the eyes of faith. Uh, and, and I have a question for you right now, and that is, what do you see? Okay. What do you see with regards to the thing that you believe in God for? Uh, what do you see with regards to what God has called you to do? Do you see yourself doing it? Do you see yourself having it or receiving it? Or do you see yourself not able? So we have to change our, our perception and change what we see with our natural eyes. One thing I want to say is that the facts of any situation are not final. The facts of any situation are not final. Uh, um, you know, when God is, as far as God is concerned, you know, God's word is final and his word is true. Hallelujah. The fact may be that you may not have money, but the word of God says that you are blessed. The word of God says he supplies all of your needs according to the riches, the, according to his riches in glory. 
The facts may be that you're dealing with symptoms in your body, but the word of God, the truth from the word of God is that by his stripes, you are healed, not going to be healed. You are already healed. Amen. So let's not put too much emphasis on, on, on the natural and, and even as far as facts are concerned. Let's believe God in according to his, uh, his word. His word is true and his word will always supersede any fact or any situation in our lives. And so number one, a hindrance of faith can be looking too much at the natural circumstance or situation. Number two, we talked about this yesterday, which is a big one, doubt and unbelief. Doubt and unbelief. We have to uh, uh, um, get rid of any kind of doubt or unbelief that we may have that may creep up from time to time as we walk in faith. And let's go back to Mark chapter 11, verse 24 again. Mark chapter 11, verse 24. Doubt and his cousin or brother unbelief, they are a big hindrance to walking in faith. In Mark chapter 11, verse 24. Actually, let's, let's just look at verse 23 again. Jesus said, for sure, for assuredly I say unto you, whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart does not doubt doubt in his heart, but believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he will have whatever he says. Verse 24, therefore I say unto you, what things whatever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. So we have to deal with our doubts. I think it is just the Duplantis that says the doubt to your doubts. Okay. When, when, when thoughts of doubts start to creep out in your mind, you know, you doubt those doubts, amen. Doubt those doubts with the word of God, amen. Overcome your doubts with the word of God. Let's go to Matthew chapter 14. And all of us, you know, we all of us can have moments of doubts. We all have moments of doubts. Sometimes it may be from the enemy. Sometimes it may be just ourselves, just overthinking something too much, Amen. But we, all, we must always go back to the word of God, go back to the promise of God and remind ourselves, what does God's word say with regards to this situation? In Matthew chapter 14, let's look at verse 25. <clears throat> in Matthew 20, um, actually, let's, let's start from verse 20, 22, just to put it in the proper context. And this is when Jesus walked on the sea to meet his disciple, his disciples. Verse 20 says, immediately Jesus made his disciples get into his into the boat um, uh, and go before, before him to the other side, while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now, when evening came, he was alone there. Verse 24, but the boat was now in the middle of the sea tossed by waves, for the wind was contrary. Verse 25, and in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, is it a ghost? And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them 
be of good cheer. It is I, don't be afraid. And Peter answered, answered him and said, Lord, if it be you, command, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, come. Hallelujah. And when Peter had has come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, um, the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out saying, Lord, save me. And verse 31, immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said unto him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Amen. And so we see here, we, we, you know, we, we, we know the story and, and, and sometimes we, we, we give Peter, uh, we, you know, we talk Peter down because he began to sing, but we have to at least give him credit that he walked on the sea. He walked on water. Amen. Even though he had a moment of doubt, Peter walked on water. But what caused him to doubt? Verse, verse, um, Verse 30, it says, but when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he began to be afraid. You know, I believe as Peter was walking on the water towards Jesus, he kept his eye on Jesus. Okay. He must have kept his eye on Jesus. You know, Jesus said, come. And here he is walking on water towards Jesus. Amen. But the moment when he took his eyes off Jesus and began to focus on what was going on around him, the wind and the wind began to blow and the circumstance around him, he began to doubt and fear came into his heart. Hallelujah. And so, you know, in order for us to, uh, uh, um, in order for us to, uh, uh, to, uh, for us not to get to the place where we start doubting God and doubting his word, we have to keep our eyes on Jesus. Keep your focus on Jesus. Keep your eyes on God. Don't be moved by the things that go on around you. Because the moment you take your eyes off Jesus, fear will begin to creep into your heart. And, and, and doubt will begin to creep into your heart. And it's interesting, Jesus said to him, all ye of little faith, why did you doubt? So for me, that tells me that, you know, our faith shrinks or our faith is small when we start to doubt God. Our faith is little when we get to the place where we start to doubt God. And that can be, that can be fixed. Amen. When our faith is weak, when our faith is low, the remedy to that is the word of God. Put yourself back onto, put your eyes back onto the word of God. Put your focus back onto Jesus. And then you will begin to, to uh, your faith will begin to rise, rise up again in Jesus' name. Let's go to um, Hebrews chapter 3. Doubt and unbelief is a big hindrance to our faith. And so long as we are in this body, so long as we are in this flesh, you know, we wish it will go away but it's something we have to fight. Okay, we have to, we have to resist it and we resist it with God's word in Jesus' name. <clears throat> in, um, in Hebrews chapter three, verse, verse seven, here the writer talks about the children of Israel um, and their experience in the wilderness. We know that God promised them, God said that he was going to take them to a, a new land, a, the promised land where it, 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 the, the land was great, that the fruits of the land was, was, was amazing. It was, 
It was bigger than any 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 um, other land or any other fruit that they, they've imagined. Um, and and you know they were on a journey into the promised land, but we know that they ended up in the wilderness for forty years, and that was not God's will or God's plan for them. And one of the reasons why they they ended up in the wilderness for so long is because most of them doubted the word of God. Okay, they doubted the promises of God. Uh, so let's pick up from verse seven. It says, therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you, hear, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion in the day of the trial in the wilderness, where your father tested me and tested me, tried me and saw my works 40 years. Therefore, I was angry with that generation and said that they always go astray in their heart and they have not shown, they have not known my ways. So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my, my rest. And so we see the problem here with the children of Israel, the ones who, were, who did not end up in the promised land is they had a hard heart towards God. And the hard heart came because they allowed doubt, doubt in their heart. I mean, they allowed unbelief to creep into their heart. They, they, they did not believe that God was able to take them into the promised land. I'll read verse 13, verse 12. He says, beware, brethren, lest there be any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Beware that there, there be an evil heart of unbelief. And so the writer here describes uh, unbelief as evil. <laughs> it is evil because it is contrary to God's word. Amen. Now, as believers, we cannot allow God does not entertain any kind of form of unbelief and unbelief is not okay with god you know god does not um condone unbelief you know uh, and say oh it's okay you know it's all right yes we will have our moments but god expects us to get back into faith when you have your moment or your, your moments of doubt god expects you to get back into faith because god sees unbelief as something that is evil verse 13 it says, but exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you harden, any of you be hardened food, the deceitfulness of sin. Let's skip and go all the way to, um, let's go to verse, okay, let's go to verse 15. It says, while it, is, while it is said, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the, as in the rebellion, uh, faith, as in the rebellion. For, for who having heard rebelled, indeed, was it not all who came out of Egypt led by Moses? Um, now with whom was he angry for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, those corpse, corpses that fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter into his rest, but to those who did not obey? So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Amen. The ones who did not make it, they could not go. They could not enter into God's promise because of their unbelief. And we know that the, uh, the children of Israel, Israel, they strive to Moses. They complain and murmur to Moses. You know, they, they forget. They forgot where they came from. And, and they even wanted to go back to Egypt. They did not believe that God was able to take them into the promised land, that God would do what he said he would do in their lives. 
And so we must resist unbelief. We must fight against unbelief. Um, and we do that with the word of God. We do that with, we, we, we do that by meditating on the word of God, refreshing ourselves with the promises of God. Amen. Taking time out, meditating the word of God, listening to the listen to messages, you know, concerning whatever particular area you're dealing with. And as we do, faith will rise up on the inside of us. Amen. Our faith will be re-energized and recharged in Jesus' name. Another hindrance to faith. Let's go to Matthew chapter 6, verse 30. Another hindrance to faith is worry. Worrying. God has not called us to worry. Amen. Worrying will hinder your faith. Worrying will not change anything in our lives. Will not change your situation. And here in Matthew chapter 6, for time's sake, let's read. Let's just read from verse 30 onwards. Jesus speaking, he says, Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, all you, all you of little faith? And so again, we see the phrase here, little faith. What is, what is, a, what is another indication of little faith? Verse 31. Therefore, do not worry, saying, do not worry, saying, how do you know someone is worrying? You would know because of the things that come out of their mouth. Amen. Eventually, the thing that we think of or meditate on will, will end up coming out of our mouth, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. And so you always know a person is a warrior by what they begin to say. So Jesus said that, therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For, uh, for after all these things the Gentiles seek for, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. And then verse 30 tells us what we should rather do instead of worry. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Hallelujah. And so you cannot walk in faith and worry at the same time. It's either you do one or the other. You cannot walk in faith and worry. And you, you know, in First Peter chapter 5, verse 7, it tells us that we should cast all of our burdens onto the Lord. I believe one translation says once for once for all. Okay. Once and for all. I think it's the amplified. Cast all your burdens, cast all your curse onto the Lord. And so we cannot cast our burdens and our curse onto God. Or we cannot start believing God and walking in faith and then worry at the same time, thinking about how is it going to happen? How is this going to come to pass? What am I going to do? What's going to happen? We can't do that. We have to leave it with God. Amen? And, 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 and watch, what, watch what comes out of your mouth. Faith and worry and doubt cannot come out of the same mouth that we use to... to, to um, to pray to God and to believe God. Hallelujah. And so we have to deal with, uh, with any kinds of worries that, that, that creeps, creeps up on us or that we tend to lean to. Uh, and, and, and Philippians, was it, is it Philippians chapter 4? Uh, well, let's go there quickly. I don't like to quote scriptures in case I get it wrong. So Philippians chapter 4. 
this is what we, we should do rather than worry. Philippians chapter 4, um, verse 8. It says, finally, my brethren, no, let's even back up a bit. Um, verse 6, Paul says, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. And the peace of God, will, which passes understanding, will keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Amen. So Paul tells us, rather than worry, rather than be anxious for anything, you know, pray to God. You know, tell God about the situation. And so it so by prayer and supplication, make your request unto him with thanksgiving. Amen. Thanksgiving should be as much, it should be a big part of our prayer life. You know, when, when, when we are asking God for things or when we when we are casting off our cares onto God, we should always end up with thanking God that He's heard our prayer, that He's gonna move on our behalf, that it is done, that we believe we receive. Amen. Because thanksgiving is a is a demonstration of also of our faith. Praise and thanksgiving is a great demonstration of our faith. And so we, 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 we should have no care uh, for anything. And then verse, verse 8 says, what we should rather do is, it says, finally, brethren, what sort of things which are true, what sort of things which are noble, what sort of things which are just, what sort of things are lovely, if there is any trustworthy, any praise report, meditate on these things. King James says, think on these things. And what things are true? What things are pure? What things do have a good report? The word of God. Amen. Meditate on the word of God. Let the word of God um, be the thing that takes over your thinking and takes over your mind. And so the first, the third hindrance to faith is worrying. Worrying about how is this going to happen? Worrying about when is this going to happen? That is not our job. That is God's job. Amen. Your job is just to stand in faith and believe him uh, and trust him. Uh, and then you will have the manifestation. Another one, number four, um, um, feeling, um, feeling unworthy or undeserving of God's blessings or promises coming uh, um let me read again. Feeling unworthy or undeserving of God's blessings and promises for you. Okay. There are some people, they find it difficult to walk in faith because they, don't, they feel like they don't deserve the promises of God. They don't deserve the blessings of God. And this comes from the place of condemnation. Okay. And perhaps they condemn themselves or perhaps their enemy, they allow the enemy to, to condemn them in their thinking. And, and this will hinder your faith, okay? And you have to see yourself as somebody who, who, who is worthy of the promises of God, who is worthy of the blessings of God. You are a child of God, and therefore you are entitled to every promise and every blessing that God has for you. You have right standing with God, amen? You have been called, you have been chosen, you have been appointed by God. And so there is no reason why you should live in the place of unworthiness or undeserving of all that Jesus paid for, uh, for Jesus died on the cross for you to have. And so we're going to get rid of any feeling of, un of unworthiness or undeserving of God's blessings and his promises in our life. 
Romans chapter 8 verse 1 tells us that therefore there is now therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk after the spirit and not after the flesh. Amen. God does not condemn us, so we should not condemn ourselves. We should not put ourselves down. Um, sometimes some people see, see, um, see um, 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 putting themselves down as being humble. That's not being humble. <laughs> you know, putting yourself, there's no humility in putting yourself down. That's false humility. Amen. Um, true humility is align yourself with God's word and what he says about you. Whether people like it, make people think, think, may think that you are being boastful or you're being, um, you know, you're thinking too much of yourself. No, it's not. You know, you are aligning align yourself with what God says about you, with the promises of God and with the blessings of God that he has for you. And, 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 and not to think, oh, you know, oh, you know, if God bless me, that'll be okay. You know, if I, if I get this, you know, who am I for God to bless me? That's false humility, and we must get rid of that. Number five, a big one, a big hindrance of, of a big hindrance to our faith or an enemy of our faith is fear. Okay? Fear is a hindrance. Fear is a big hindrance. Let's go to... Um, <clears throat> Oof, I got a few scriptures on this one. Which one should we go to? Let's go to let's go to back to Matthew chapter eight. The Gospel of Matthew, Matthew according to Matthew chapter eight, and let's look at verse twenty-three. And remember, God has not given us what a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound or disciplined mind. Hallelujah. So we have not received a spirit to fear. And fear hinders us. It, 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 it hinders our ability to walk and live in God, especially when you get to the place where you become afraid that that, that promise or that thing will never happen in your life. It will never come to pass. It, it may happen for others, but it will not happen for you. Amen? And you can, we cannot entertain fear in our life. Fear hinders us. In our, in our ability to walk in faith. Okay, Romans, what does it say? Uh, Matthew 8, 23. Let's look at this. How long have I got, sir? I lost track of my timekeeping. Matthew 8, 23. Um, again, here's another story of Jesus and disciples, you know, uh, in the boat or on the sea or on some river. Let's look at verse 23. It says, and now when he got into a boat, his disciples followed him. And suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea so that the boat was covered with the waves. But he was asleep. Jesus was asleep in the boat. Verse 25. Then his disciples came to him and, and awoke him saying, Lord, save us. We are perishing. But he said unto them, why are you fearful, all ye of little faith? Why are ye fearful of ye of little faith? And so we see again, Jesus connect little faith to fear. Amen. Fear comes when our faith is small, when our faith shrinks, when our faith decreases. He says, why are you afraid, all ye of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. Hallelujah. 
And so you, we cannot allow any form of fear in our lives because it will hinder our faith. It will shrink our faith. Glory to God. And, you know, the disciples should have been confident that they are in the boat with Jesus. Okay? If Jesus is in the boat with you, you're going to be all right. <laughs> Amen? If Jesus is in your boat, which he is, he is in our boat. He's in all of our boats. So no matter where we're going, you know, no matter what comes along the way, if Jesus is in the boat, we are going to be okay. But again, we see that the disciples, they, they began to be moved by fear because of what was going on, their surroundings. Uh, and, 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 you know, and they even questioned Jesus' care and love for them. And, 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 and you know, one, the king just said, uh, often one church, they said, don't you care that we are about to die? Amen. And my, my response to that is, that is that Jesus cares about us and he cares for us. And the things that sometimes we think that they may be insignificant to him, he cares about it. He cares about us. Hallelujah. And so we must deal with fear. Let's go to <clears throat> uh, one more, Matthew 14, 31. Matthew chapter 14, verse 31. Well, we've looked at this already, right? Yeah, we've looked at this already. Let's let's skip that then. Let's go to um, First John. First John chapter four. One thing I want to say: when we are when we allow fear to come into our heart, you know, we it, it means that we 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 we. Um, we, we stop recognizing how much God loves us. First John. First John chapter one, chapter four, so verse 17. Amen. When fear comes, it means that we, 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 we forget how much God loves and care for us. Uh, um, in First John chapter four, let's look at verse sixteen. Actually, it says, "And we have known and believed in the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God, and God in Him." One thing that I, I, I that we have to uh, um, even have faith in is is that is is how much God loves us. Here, John says, we have known and believed in the love that God has for us. Okay. In order for your faith to work effectually, in order for your faith to be efficient, efficient, um, uh, to be effectual and, uh, uh, and what's the word I'm looking for? Efficient? efficient? I can't think of the word. Um, what's the word? Efficient. Okay. Is it efficient, right? In order for our faith to be effective and efficient, we have to believe in and believe in and know how much God loves us. Okay. Know that God loves you. And love is connected to our faith. Okay. Because when you know how much God loves you and how much he cares for you, then you know that God wants the best for you. 
that God will give you the, God will give you his best and God will fulfill his will and his purpose in your love and in, in your life. In, in, in verse 17 it says, love has, be, love has been perfected among us in this that we, we may have boldness in the day of judgment. And because he, oh, no, 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 no. I've missed, let me, let me go to something else. That's not what I want. Go to verse 18, that's what I want, sorry. It says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us, amen? And so when we, when we know how much God loves us, and when we believe and receive the love that God has, has for us, you know, it gets rid of any fear in our life. There is no fear in love. Amen. Perfect love or complete love casts out all fear and it casts out all doubt. And we need to get rid of fear and, and, and receive the love of God for us because love helps our faith to be um, to, to work properly. I can't even say this word properly. I don't know why I can't say it today. Go to Galatians 5 verse 6. Galatians chapter 5 verse 6. We have no place for fear. You cannot walk in fear and faith at the same time. You know, some, some, you know, we know we, we've heard that some people say faith, fear is the opposite of faith, you know, uh, which, which has a, an element of truth to it. Galatians 5 verse 6. It says, for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails much, but faith working through love. Faith working through love. Our faith is, uh, is, is effectual through love. It, it, it works better when, we, when first we, we understand how much God loves us and also when we walk in love towards others. Hallelujah. Um, the Amplified Translation says, faith is activated and expressed and works through love. Our faith is activated and expressed and works through love. And so in order for us to... To, to, to walk in faith and live a life of faith, we must realize how much God loves us, okay? And we must also walk in love towards others. We can't, our, we can't expect our faith to be, uh, to be effective if we, we are not people of love, okay? That also will hinder our love. And then my last three points, I'm just going to give it to you as points, and then I'll give you the scripture. You can go over them because my time is out, um, and that is number six, being double-minded or wavering will affect you or hinder your faith. And we can, you can look at James chapter 1, verse 5 to 8. Okay. Um, it's either we are in faith or not. But if you are, if, if you are a double-minded person, the Bible says that a double-minded person cannot expect to receive anything from God. Okay. So don't be in two minds about things. Number seven, ignorance or lack of knowledge will hinder your faith. Ignorance of lack of knowledge will hinder your faith. The remedy to that is Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. No, no, I understand that ignorance is not bliss. There's nothing, there's nothing great about being ignorant. What you don't know uh, about the promises and the word of God will end up 
you know, it will end up affecting your life and cut and 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 you not being able to stop you from not being able to receive all the rights and privileges that Jesus has for you. Hosea chapter four verse six tells us, "My people uh, uh, are destroyed because of lack of knowledge." So let's be knowledgeable about the promises of God and the blessings of God that has been laid in store for us that Jesus has paid for. And the last point, well, the second to last is impatience. Impatience is a hindrance. Um, Hebrews 6, verse 11 to 15, write that down. The Bible lets us know that through faith and patience, we inherit the promise of God. There are some things we just have to be patient. We just have to endure. Amen. And there's a work of patience. When we are, when, when we are being patient and, and, and waiting on God, something is happening on inside of us. And that is we are developing self-control. We are, we are developing um, a moral character, strength. Um, we are maturing in our character. And so we must learn to be patient when, when we're waiting on God. So Hebrews 6, 11 to 5. Um, James two, James chapter two, James chapter one, verse two to four, and then Romans chapter five, verse one to five. Hallelujah! And last but not least, um, another hindrance, of course, to our faith and our faith work will, will be the enemy. He will try and stop us in any way that he can. He will use all kinds of tricks and temptations and tests and trials to stop us from believing God so that we don't see the goodness of God, so that we doubt God, so that we don't believe in God, but we must not be ignorant of his devices. Amen. And that's it. I've, you know, I, I, I did my best to give you all this, those points, and I hope I didn't rush it. And uh, I was still uh, able to, you were still able to understand and and, and, and hear what I was sharing in Jesus' name. God bless you all. Thank you for your time. Amen.